0: What's up guys? Welcome to episode number 151 of Beef's Beef. I have a great interview for you guys today with the kid that has an incredible story. But before that, I want to get to my sponsors. First, we have Crystal Lackey at Stockton Mortgage. Crystal Lackey is the one you need to hit up when you have any refinancing needs, any home loan needs, any mortgage questions, anything that comes to, when it comes to the home buying process, you need to hit up my friend Crystal at Stockton Mortgage. You can get in contact with her at 502 502- Six one five zero seven four three. Again, it's 502-615-0743. It's Crystal Lackey at Stockton Mortgage. Stockton Mortgage is an equal housing lender, MLS number 8259, Crystal Lackey, MLS number 1735979. My other sponsor is Dellium Clothing. Dellium is pronounced B-D-E, or I'm sorry, it's spelled B-D-E, L-L-I-O-M, right there, boom, 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 boom. It looks like it's it looks weird because it's spelled with a b, but it's Delium Clothing, b d e l l i o m. You can find Delium on Facebook, Delium Clothing, or on Instagram at Delium Clothing. Delium is a men's and women's minimalistic brand that focuses on modern aesthetic and quality. Everything comes pre-shrunk so you don't got to worry about anything shrinking in the dryer and it's ready to wear. You can find the men's the men's line at Him's Gentleman Boutique and like I said last week he had a nice uh, or might have been 2 weeks ago now had a nice uh, fashion show down in downtown New Albany. So hit up Dellium Clothing for all of, all of your clothing needs. Boom, there it is. There's a t-shirt he gave me. Makes dope stuff. Hit up my guy, hit up my guy Isaac for all of your clothing needs when it comes to Dellium. All right, so today I have a, a a kid that is graduating this year from Floyd Central High School here in uh, southern Indiana. Uh, he has a football commitment to Illinois State, and the kid has an incredible story. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to see this interview because it's going to be a good one. So uh, without further ado, Mr. Winkers Wright. All right, guys, I'm here with Winkers. How's it going today, man? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I want to thank you for uh, for joining me. I know we were just talking about how uh, you've been doing a lot of homework today with with NTI and stuff, and talking about the weirdness of that. How have you been getting through all that though? Outside of you know, you were talking about the difficulty of math homework today. How were you getting through that? Other than that,
1: yeah. So the probably the easiest way to get through it is just to eliminate the distractions. So some kids uh, they sit in their beds and do uh, the schoolwork there, but when I tried it one time, I was falling asleep, so I was like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. So basically, just eliminate any distractions and get yourself a pretty good workspace that you can effectively work at.
0: Yeah, I mean, just looking at where you're sitting at now, it doesn't look like a bad workspace to be in. <laughs> no, it's not.
1: <laughs> I do just fine here.
0: Yeah, so I, I read some some different stuff on you. Uh, just to, We'll give a kind of a background how we actually met. So I went to Rapid Fire Pizza right here by my house, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I recognize that kid. And cause I'd seen some articles and stuff about you and seen highlights of you. And, you know, I, I asked you, you know, if, if you were, who I thought you were and you were like, yeah. And so uh, I read some, uh, read some articles and stuff about you. And and one of the things that I read was that you were born in Haiti and uh, at a young age, you were put in an orphanage. So the, the first question I'm going to ask is at what age were you put in there? And then secondly, how long did you stay there?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know exactly what age that me and my brother we were both put in the orphanage, but I know at the age of 6 I was adopted and he was 8, eight at the time.
0: Nice. So, I mean, what was it what was it like in that orphanage? I mean, I'm sure it was obviously tough cuz not a, it's an orphanage would be tough anywhere, but let alone in Haiti. Yeah, it
1: was extremely tough because we were basically groups like sure we had our individual care, but for the most part it was just groups of boys and then there's groups of uh, girls. So it wasn't as one-on-one as you would think. So basically everything had to be kind of self-taught or just watching other people do it. And that's, uh, that's kind of the way that you went about it and you basically look after each other. Like me and my brother, we stayed uh, pretty close the whole
0: time, as you would imagine at such a young age. Yeah. So did you, when you lived in, in Haiti, or I guess, do you, do you, so did you still have communication with your parents while you were in that orphanage and stuff?
1: Yeah, I was limited. They visited, like, I don't know, uh, once or twice every few months. So uh, my, my mom would actually come and visit at the orphanage and she'd have um, little uh, suckers and stuff for us. So it was very limited and it only happened
0: a few times every now and then. So when you lived in Haiti, did you, I mean, did you play any sports? And like, what did you play if you did play sports there?
1: Yeah. So probably the biggest sport that, uh, down there was soccer and, you know, uh, us, uh, boys at the orphanage, we'd go at it like crazy. Like we'd be on uh, concrete grounds. We wouldn't care. Uh, we'd kick the ball and, um, it was a lot of fun. So that was one of the first sports they put me in here at, uh, in the United States.
0: You played, did you say you played soccer on concrete?
1: Yes, sir. There, was, there was no grass. You were kind of in the orphanage where it was just one big building and concrete everywhere, concrete walls around you, concrete um, flooring, and that was
0: about it. I mean, it had to hurt. I mean, you got to think all those boys being, or being, you know, locked down in that one place and then you get to play soccer. I guarantee you that was rowdy. I mean, sure, you all were getting rough, right? I'm sure we were. I don't remember exactly.
1: My biggest memory was just missing the soccer ball and you'd, you'd accidentally kick the brick wall or the concrete wall. So every now and then a toenail would fall off, but Hey, you got to keep going back out there and go get the ball.
0: What? That's yeah. It was,
1: it was insane.
0: Whoa. Yeah. That's insane, man. so w- were you able to watch TV like in C sports on TV in Haiti or was it, I mean, is it any part of your memory or anything?
1: I do have a very small memory. It was probably extremely limited. Um, maybe you walk by, uh, like, the main person's office and there would be a TV there or something like that. So it was um, very, very little um, TV action down there. Like, I don't I don't remember a whole
0: lot of uh, TV down there. So, I mean, did you – I mean, do you remember liking any other sports other than soccer, or was soccer really all that you knew down there? Soccer was basically all I knew. Yeah. Yes. So just like you were just talking about, so in 2007, you, were, you and your brother were adopted by a family in America. Uh, first off, explain the feelings you had when you, when you heard you were moving to the U.S. And then what were your feelings when you and your brother flew to the U.S.? Yeah, so basically, um,
1: I, don't, I don't know if they even like bothered telling me because at the, at the time of uh, six, it was, I didn't really comprehend much. So, like the first uh, the first morning there, I was already calling my parents now, mom and dad, because I didn't know any better. And so it was kind of a strange feeling because they were um, showing us new stuff, like a swim a swim swimming pool, for example. That was the first time I uh, saw it was at the hotel within that first night. So it was it was a lot of new experiences. And then when we first landed, um, my whole family was there at the Louisville Airport, and they all greeted us. So I had tons and tons of relatives all staying there with uh, matching shirts with me and Gregory's name on it and that was just a strange feeling but it's one i remember forever
0: nice so when you got here uh, I mean so that's that's your first recollection of when you flew so where did you guys fly into first did you go fly into Louisville straight straight to Louisville or did you all fly into somewhere else I think we took a total of um, three or two or three planes to get here. I don't
1: remember exactly which ones it was, but we did end up at the Louisville airport.
0: Do you, I mean, do you remember like what it was like that first time you got on an airplane? Cause I mean, I'm sure with coming from playing soccer on a concrete or, you know, on concrete and not even really having TV to be flying on an airplane. I'm sure there was a TV in front of you at that point as well. Like what were you, what was that like to just go from that to that? And I mean, literally a blink of an eye because you said they didn't even tell you so no, you're literally not. waking up and then they're packing your stuff and you're flying on an airplane
1: yeah so the experience i don't remember a whole lot of it because my dad said um when i got really stressed out i would fall asleep so like at a blink of an eye if i got stressed out i would just fall asleep and that's how i cope with it so i i would imagine that i was asleep on the plane ride for most of it and then i do remember the truck ride when my parents first came to the orphanage, uh, me and my brother and my two parents now, we all piled into the bed of a truck, and that's how we got. Um, that's how we got transported to the orphanage. So uh, what,
0: So that's where you get transferred from. Oh, uh, not into the orphanage. To to the, the airport. airport or
1: wherever we went, yeah.
0: So I mean, at that point, I guess you kind of knew what was going on, like when you guys. Yeah, to the I knew something was different, but
1: not much I could do about it. And I was so young, so I was like, I'm going with the flow.
0: So let's let's take uh, let's take it back. I guess as as best you can remember, you brought you brought up your family that was there waiting for you with the matching T-shirts. What were your first impressions when you first got to the U.S. and what was it similar or different than what you expected?
1: Oh, it was completely new. uh, It was a completely new experience. I was probably extremely surprised because at the orphanage, you know, it was group-based care, but here I had all these family members coming up to me um looking at me um just giving me attention but not over- overwhelming me because you don't want to do that when you first yeah. um, meet the new family so it was just a whole lot to take in but
0: i loved every bit of it for sure so coming from haiti you i'm guessing you spoke french is that correct yes
1: i spoke um creole which is just uh an altered version of
0: french yeah so was that was it tough to adjust to the language barrier when you first got here? I'm just trying to think of you getting into the airport and all these people speaking English and you're just like, well, well, first off, I don't even know what to expect because I just found this out yesterday. And now it's like, I don't even know what they're saying to me.
1: Yes. It was, it was pretty difficult, but me at the time, I was uh, so young that it wasn't awful. Like I was playing with toys and then my siblings uh, that spoke English would come up and try to talk to me. But, there wasn't much you could really do so me and Gregory kind of stuck to ourselves for the most part um while uh we slowly got um into the role of that
0: family so when did you kind of feel because I'll be honest with you if you told me that you had come from Haiti and you spoke Creole French do you still speak it no sir I, not I lost every bit of it <laughs> so when did you when like do you remember at what age you were like oh yeah like I can speak complete English. And like, uh, was it, I mean, was it very soon after you got here or was it a pretty long, a long time after that?
1: It was, it was pretty quick. Cause as soon as I got here, not long after they put
0: me into school. So,
1: you know, it, I would just sit there and I'd catch on to it. But other than that,
0: it was, it was a pretty quick process and it wasn't, I don't think it was too difficult at all. So speaking on the language barrier, Uh, which you just said really wasn't that difficult, what would you say was the most difficult part of your move from Haiti to the United States, or would you just say that was the toughest part?
1: I would say the most difficult part was when they would uh, put me into social experiences to build up my character. So, you know, first year of school, uh, I was started in kindergarten, but, you know, I kept to myself because I didn't know who the heck those people were. And that was probably the hardest part was having to spend all, six hours of my day at uh, at school with the other kids that I had never met before. And so I, I wasn't really uh, much of a fan of school at that time.
0: Well, it's crazy, man, is I think back to even when I was a child. And like now if you ask any of my friends, you they would tell like I don't meet a stranger. Like, I mean, it was obvious I didn't really care to talk to you. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. Like I don't have a problem talking to anyone. But as a kid, like I remember at a young age having those same anxieties having the same anxiety whenever i would be in a social situation so like i can't even imagine like I that wasn't even one of the things that i even really thought of whenever i was writing that question was it would be that but i can't even imagine one being from haiti there being sl- a slight language barrier and then them just putting you into a social situation where it's like okay the kind of crutch that i have in my family i don't really have them now
1: yeah no it, it, was, it was completely different and it was the end of the year so basically i was uh Basically, just told to sit there and take in as much as I could. But, you know, nothing was going to be counted against me. And obviously, I would, um, I would, me and my brother both, we were put at the end of the year. So I, we would both uh, get held back, and then we would uh, start kindergarten again fresh. So, so that was uh, smart of them to do, too. Yeah. So
0: you, you, you played American football in what, the, the fourth grade? Is that right? Yes, sir. Yep, that's correct. So what, what got you into football? Like, and, and how did you do with playing a sport that you had never really played before?
1: Yeah, so it was one of the foot central football games, me and my, uh, my dad went to, so it was a whole new experience, but it looked kind of fun, like at soccer, uh, soccer in the orphanage was aggressive, as you would imagine, and then soccer here, I was a little, I was a little on the aggressive side, so I was like, those guys are going crazy, they, they can hit each other and not get penalized for it or anything, so I, was, I looked up to my dad and I was like, I, w- I want to try this sport out, it looks like a lot of fun.
0: So he just put you in the football and he said, hey, let's, let's see what happens? Yeah, he's like, hey. <laughs> he was uh he was up for it yeah. after that Floyd central game, yeah. So what happened? Let's 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 take it back to all right, Winkers is going to fourth grade football. What what happens when you fir- you first go to practice? Cuz I'm sure you had no idea any of the rules at that point.
1: No, I didn't have a clue. They were calling plays and um like for example, 33 would be on the three hole on the left. I know that now, but at the time I had no idea. And they, they assumed that I knew it because um, they knew I was a new player. But that's kind of common knowledge if yeah. you want to play football. So I think it was probably a few games in. I didn't know exactly um, what the plays were, but I was just uh, fast at the time. So that's kind of all you need at the little league level. And that got me through a lot of it. But it it was a whole new experience. It was a very hard to catch on to and it's a whole different mindset in soccer like football you have to be aggressive soccer yeah. you just have to play and abide by the rules if possible
0: so, yeah I'm just I'm just thinking like what it would be like to see a, a kid that it comes and probably when you're playing soccer you're just I mean you're just running all the time you get football you're like oh I actually get the rest for a little bit
1: yeah and one of the things I, I remember that, remember this so clearly um it was at the end of the game, and it was uh, I think we were down by one touchdown, and the time ran out, and I had the ball running it, and it was like a, only like a five yards away from a touchdown, and I ran it, but the time ran out, so I stopped running, because oh, I was never told that, hey, it's until you go down, so I stopped running and. And uh, that cost us the game. And I didn't know even after that game, I didn't know for the longest time that I could have kept going. So
0: that that one's. So they didn't even tell you it. when it happened that, that you lost in the game. No, you or you that really you could have tied see, the game.
1: You really, yeah, you really couldn't see that I stopped running because it was um, it was only five yard difference and everybody was piled in, but I kind of just gave up because time
0: ran out and you know. That's what I thought you did. So, oh man, yeah. that's no—that was think tough. So, so, uh, this, so this was Pop Warner, I'm guessing, or like little league football, or was this school yeah. league as well? Yeah, very little league. So, skip forward a few years. You start high school, and you start high school at Floyd Central. I see you rocking this shirt. Uh, did you play your freshman year football? Yes, I did. I played a uh, uh, freshman
1: ball. That was basically what they do. They put you in freshman ball and then get you uh, warmed up and uh,
0: used to high school football, per se. So So that's what I did. In between that fourth grade, I mean, I'm guessing you played some more like Pop Warner and Little League, I'm guessing. And I guess at that point, you you go to Highland Hills, I'm guessing, before Floyd Central, is that right? So did you play at Highland Hills as well?
1: Yep, we did. It wasn't until I think it was seventh grade that they take you out of Little League into uh, Highland Hills football, uh, into the Highland Hills football team. So – that's what I did from fourth grade up until now. Now I've been playing football and running track every now and then.
0: Nice. So let's let's go back to your freshman year. Was that overwhelming? Was that kind of like a going back to your first time playing football? Because I know you play football and you're playing at the little league and the middle middle school level. What was it like to get into a high school level where it's like, okay, now we're playing against everyone's my size or everyone's my speed almost. You're still probably going to be faster than a lot of kids, but what was it like getting into that freshman league where now it's getting pretty serious? Yeah, so, you know, going from eighth grade to uh, freshman is
1: might be one of the biggest jumps nerve-wise because you're so nervous just about school and uh, the whole atmosphere. But when you're playing a sport, uh, you would think that would be pretty bad, but it was like the same group of kids that I've been playing with since fourth grade. Like it's the same guys growing up with me. So, freshman year, we, we rolled the field pretty good because it was the same chemistry that we've had from the past year. So, after the first game, you know, you get the results, and you're like, okay, this is this is not bad. We can, we can do this pretty good.
0: Yeah, so halfway through your sophomore year, you actually get inserted into the starting lineup. Was this a surprise, or did you already know this was coming? Like, did your coach already said in practice, like, you keep doing this, you're going to be the starting running back? Or, or like, how did this happen? Yeah, I was
1: completely blindsided by it. I was the second-string running back, but I was, you know, just kind of filling a spot. I didn't play JV. I was just uh, dressing for varsity. And our starting running back um, during a play got a concussion against Columbus East, one of the best teams that we faced. And it was that game. They took him out. I'm I'm not sure if it was past halftime, but they took him out, and I had to go in and play. That was – the biggest jump, it wasn't no Providence or New Albany or Jeff, it was Columbus East and
0: it was a, it was a awakening call for me for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that season, even though you started halfway through the year, you still ran for almost 800 yards in just five games. Uh, Explain your feelings after that season. Was it a feeling of accomplishment? Like, did you feel like you could have done better? Is it like, okay, I feel like I'm on the right track. Like what was your feelings like after, at the end of that season? Yeah, at the end of that
1: season, it was kind of a going through the motions feeling. I wasn't really excited or um, uh, disappointed because uh, we were we were iffy at that year. We I think we went 500 uh, record. So uh, I didn't um, see the upcoming year coming at all. But, you know, at that point, it was uh, next man up mentality. And from then, just took it one game at a time. And it turned out the, for the
0: good. Yeah, so your junior season, like you were just speaking, I'll start off with a bang. And just your second game of the season, you ran for over 350 yards and four touchdowns, including a 97-yard touchdown run. So when did you know – like, let's think back to that Providence game because I'm sure that's a game that you always have in the back of your mind of, okay, yeah, that was fun. When did you know that was going to be your game? Was it? Did you eat an extra chili dog before the game? Did you eat something good? Like, when did you know? Was it in warm-ups you're like, man, I feel pretty good today? Like, what was it? It
1: was the halftime feeling, let me tell you. Uh, first half, uh, we were tied 7-7 seven to seven going into, and into the locker room, and Coach was mad, as, <laughs> as he had every right to be. Like, we weren't playing good ball at all. So he pumped us up. You know, he got mad. He yelled at us <laughs> as a football coach would do, And it was just that feeling of what is going on uh, during halftime. And so we just sat there in silence, and then we warmed up, and then we got the game going. It was like a whole new football team. That's kind of how we played that whole year. Like, we were a second-half uh, second, uh, team. We'd play okay in the first half, but in the second half, it's like a whole different team. I and mean, that's where 70 80% of our points come from.
0: So, how many – do you remember how many yards you ran for in the second half? Probably close to 70% of uh, everything
1: I had that game. Like, it was just a big run after big run after big run. I think um, the first half, one of my touchdowns came from like a twenty-yard um, run or something like that. So the
0: second half was basically the whole game for us. So th- I'm gonna blow everyone's mind with something because in the first four games, you've rushed for over a thousand yards, including two games of over 350 yards. So, let's. Uh, h- how did it feel? Because I'm gonna be honest with you, I played basketball, but I'm nowhere near anything like anything like that. How did it feel to be in that kind of groove to where it's just like, I'm doing whatever I want. So you ran for over 700 yards in two games and ran over a thousand and four, like ex- explain that feeling. Like, What did it feel like to be in that groove? No, it was an extraordinary feeling
1: like, um, you know, football, football player. Right. So at school, everybody's coming up to me and talking to me. And then eventually, um, someone came up to me and goes, Hey dude, did you know that you're second in the nation right now for the first four games? I was like, He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're second in the nation this week for um having 1,000 yards in the first four games. I was like, oh, my gosh. So that was that was just a great feeling. And then after that, of course, we had our tougher uh, games of the schedule. But I enjoyed every bit of that first four games
0: that I could. So you, I looked over your entire schedule, went through all the box scores from your junior year, and you only had a few games that you were under 100 yards. What would you say as a player you took from those games to get better? And what did you feel the other teams keyed on to kind of take, take you away or slow you down in those games?
1: Yeah. So um, those games were obviously a little annoying as you would think after, you know, success. And then when it gets taken from you, it's not the best feeling, but it's usually kudos to the other team because they have our film. You can go to huddle.com and you have every team's um, previous games film. So, so, basically, they would um, study the films. And if I was on the right side, usually I'd go left or cross across the quarterback and get the ball going that way. So, they would key on little little details like that. So, just for my alignment, they would almost know for uh, the majority of the time which which uh, side of the uh, field I was going on. So, so it was probably just came down to how much film they watched and how much they studied on us
0: uh, before so, the game. So, I'm going to ask you a question here, and then I want you – because I didn't put this on there, so I'm, I'm going to hit you with one I didn't put on there. So, all right, give me a play. I want you to give me the call of it. Your favorite play that you knew when you heard that, you're like, all right, I'm taking it to the house. Like, what which play was that? And then I want you to give me the call for it and then kind of break down what's going to happen and, like, what we would see. Okay, so I think uh,
1: last year probably the best play that we ran um, was called wing right or wing left uh, 31 zone. So that would put me straight behind the quarterback in eye formation. And if it was 31 zone, I'd open to the left side and I'd go straight up to the 31 hole. Now, as I go, I take the hand off with the arm closest to the quarterback up as he puts the ball right in my pocket. And immediately after, I want to be at the one hole. And that's where the linemen, they block for a second and then they peel off. One lineman goes to the linebacker while the other one goes to the other linebacker. And it's literally like a straight shot. So, basically, all my job was to sprint as hard as, uh, as hard and as fast as I can. And um, you, that played pretty well. I think the Providence 97-yard run was a 31 zone, and it was just straight up the gut. And at that
0: point, speed kills. So, was there a certain alignment that you guys kind of keyed on for your, for your team? Yeah. So, um, last year, it was
1: probably Trent Hyde. We call him Big American on the team. And this guy, this guy's—he's a monster. And uh, as you know, this year uh, we like to run to uh, Zen
0: Mahalski's side because he—he yeah. he, he, he bloomed up, big boy. Yeah, I mean, he was committed to Louisville there for a while. And now he's going to Ohio State, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So I mean, you killed that, by the way. I didn't even tell you about that question. You—you you already knew what what play. So your junior year ended with a loss in the playoffs to Bloomington South. What happened in that game? Because it was 14-13 to 13 at, ha- at half, and then you guys didn't score again. Like what, like, what would you say was the reason why they pulled away the way they did? Yeah, I would say it was just when momentum was taken from us because, you know, we're trying to
1: march down the field. But when everything goes wrong and an interception is thrown, the whole, like, uh, level of the stands, the sidelines, anybody on the field for the Floyd Central side, it just goes down. Yeah, and then like when one play one bad play leads to the next if they score on that touch uh that interception then it's like even farther down yeah and then after that it's like all right guys come on and then one bad thing led to another and it was out of our control before we knew it
0: yeah I mean the snowball effect is something that's so big in every sport man and football is no different I, I mean yeah you throw an interception they end up scoring like you said off the interception it could just snowball like that and all it takes is for one player to get down and then the whole team can get down. Yeah. So insert 19, uh, 2019, 2020, and really, I guess it's 2020, 2021. I'm sorry. This your senior yeah, yeah. year. COVID happens. And what, like, how were you all really, how much were you all able to really work as a team and practice as a team because of COVID? Well, for I think it pushed our our start date back
1: a few weeks, um, but other than that, we were able to. I think we met three days a week, but on the field, we would have certain hash marks that we have to be at, and um, when the coach would call a huddle, we couldn't we couldn't get um, close because this was at the beginning of COVID. And we didn't we didn't know anything really about it, so in the weight room, we we would uh, wear a mask and we'd have to stay inside our racks with the three guys. At most, and then it was just really weird because on the field you could not, you could not um, get close to each other, and I think another rule was we couldn't share the football, so that was that was not fun.
0: Yeah. So you like you all couldn't hand it off during
1: practice. Mm-hmm. So the first few times was uh, basically just conditioning and uh, trying to get in shape, and then and then eventually later we'd start putting in plays and uh, using the football. So it didn't matter too much, but it was still kind of a strange rule.
0: Yeah, that is that is super weird. I mean, I guess you could run the shadow plays or, you know, fake handoffs or whatever, but after what while, you're not getting anything from that. Cause, so mm-hmm. you could touch each other, but you couldn't hand the football off. We could barely touch each other. Like okay. if you
1: touch each other, you had to spread out because there's cars going by on the road, and you yeah. never know who's going to see it. So if, if you can't avoid touching each other, get away right as soon as you can afterwards.
0: So it looked as if your carries were down – a good amount this season. Was this. Was there a change in the game plan to mix things up, I guess, because of how the last season had ended?
1: Oh, yeah. So, this this year we were – at the beginning of the year, we were almost, I guess, 50-50 for throwing and uh, running the ball. And we had a pretty good uh, passing game going. We had um, pretty good receivers, Caleb Cornishay. And then we had some uh, sophomores, Zach Hutzler and um, Eli Brandham And the connection with them and Tristan was spot on. Like, it was – I would block. Then as soon as the ball would go out of Churston's hand, I was like, here we go. And <laughs> he'd like, wow, well, it made my job much easier. So, so it was a completely different ball game that Floyd Central
0: really doesn't play well in the past few years, but we took advantage of it this year. So was it, was it difficult to do or was it like, hey, I'm a team player, we're winning, I don't care what happens? No, I was
1: a team player. I was like, hey, if Churston wants to get I, – I told him, if, you, if I get one yard this year, but we go to state and you throw for a million, I'm going to have
0: this guy in the world. Like, success is all that matters, really. That's a, that's a teammate, man. So, the season started and ended and even a game in the middle with Jeffersonville. And what, what was it – what were the changes you felt like they made the ultimately end, end your all season? Because you had blown them out the first two games you all played. Oh, yeah. So, the changes they made um, – Us
1: on uh, the Floyd side of the ball, we didn't make any changes because, you know, when you beat a team by 30, 40 points, what is there to change? So we did not um, we did not anticipate them to change anything. So we kept the playbook the same. But their defense, um, I think every single position changed. Like they would like I said before, they uh, watched our film. They knew where I was going before I would even get there. So so it was very frustrating. And it was almost too late to try to put in a new play um, during the game or at halftime.
0: Yeah. So
1: we were almost left with no choice but to keep pounding the ball and then our passing game. The passing game was not good that game. It was probably the worst it's been this whole season. But, but it was just the changes they made and how much studying the coaches did to prepare for us, which we did not see coming. And it did not play in our favor in the end.
0: So I want you to take me to that last, that last time in the locker room because this is really where you've grown up, you know, and this is your family. What was that feeling like to, to know that your time at Floyd Central was kind of over and especially not where you wanted it to be at? Yeah, it was kind of a
1: punch in the gut to every single senior on the field because, you know, we had, the, we had the odds on our side. If you, if you were to bet, you would probably bet on us. And, and it was just kind of a, just an awful feeling because because it was not at all like you said how we expected it to go and just the atmosphere in the locker room after was was kind of sickening
0: and yeah and it was it, I don't know I, I didn't like any uh, a single bit of it so let, let's talk about a happier side of it uh when when did the the, the recruitment process begin and who was your first offer uh, your first football offer
1: yeah so it was junior year during track season it was um I think it was before COVID happened. It was Illinois State um reached out to me after track season and got me on the phone and they offered me that night.
0: Nice. So explain that feeling. You're sit you're you're on the phone and you're like, hey man, you know, football's pretty cool. Do you get someone who says, Hey, we want to pay for your college just because you're so good at football? Like what like nah, explain that feeling. It was like an
1: elephant was lifted off my shoulder 'cause you know, college college is a pain.
0: Yeah.
1: And they were taking the painful part of it off my shoulders so it was like I've finally gotten there I had the next few years of my life was being planned out for me basically and it was all because of football and I was such a happy feeling and my dad was there I remember my dad was cooking dinner at the time when I was on the phone and it was just such a blessing and I, I was so happy so how many offers did you end up getting I got four offers. One, uh, Illinois state was the first and then, uh, Indiana state was next. Actually, Bowling Green state was next. And then Indiana state and Missouri state was the final four. So that was, uh, that was the four schools that I had
0: to choose from uh, in my process. Missouri state. That's Bobby Petrino, right? Yes, it is. (laughs) Bobby Petrino. Okay. Yeah. So did you take any official or unofficial visits? Yes, um, I took an uh, official visit at Indiana State, and I
1: had um, junior day visits, visits lined up for Bowling Green, Purdue, and just some other schools, but the virus kind of shut three or four of my
0: visits down, so I only, I only went on one official one. So I I was going to ask which one was your favorite one, but I guess if you only took one to Indiana State, like, let's break down that visit, like, what was it like going on on the Indiana State campus? Now it was really nice. It was,
1: um, they would break you off into positions. So I was with the other running backs that they were recruiting and they would take us on a tour around um, the campus and it was extremely uh, beautiful as you would imagine. And then towards the end of it, you would, um, we would all line up and we would go get a, a meal that they prepared for us. And then we would finish the visit with, uh, watching the football team have one of its, uh, I think it was a Saturday night game. And so it was, it was a really neat experience.
0: So did you get to do, like, the normal recruit stuff where you put the jersey on and take pictures and stuff?
1: Uh, yes, we did. Actually, on my Twitter, there's some pretty cool pictures of, I think, <laughs>
0: the photos, too, that they did with us. That's awesome. So did you have, like, let's say, going into the, the recruiting process, did you have a dream school? Or is there a school you wish you would, that would have offered you but didn't? Yes. So
1: my dream school was Louisville at the time. And I was pretty bummed out that they didn't reach out, but you know,
0: things happen for a reason. So I just got to keep moving on to the next chapter. I mean, so I think you mentioned, you mentioned to me that you'd gone to some of their camps and stuff. Yes. uh,
1: I went to uh, I think one or two of their camps where you just showcase your skills and speed and anything that your position uh, demands out of you. And how did you do with those? I, I did pretty well. I think I had to, Top ten fastest uh, forty yard dashes, and I was jumping. I think I tied for first or second place for the lar- uh, longest broad jump, which they would test you. And I thought I'd, I felt pretty confident after that um,
0: little showcase thing. So, here recently, have you heard from any other schools that are trying to get in on on the the winker's right? Uh, you know, get in there late and say, hey, you know, maybe we can sneak in there, and get him before signing day.
1: Yeah. So the most recent school that reached out was Dartmouth, but. That one kind of fell through. I didn't think I was the right fit for that school. So I think I'm pretty solid where I stand with Illinois State. So when is signing day for you? Uh, December 16th, I think. So I think it's
0: somewhere pretty close to that. That's two days before my birthday. So, oh, really? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So um, I'm guessing, are you just going to do a signing day at your school or?
1: Yeah, I think it's just going to be in the open area at my school, and uh, I, I don't know. Usually, they have family members there, but with all this COVID stuff, I think school might be shut down then, too, because they just recently shut down the Floyd County, New Albany High School, New Omni-Floyd
0: County Schools. and uh, So, I don't know how that's going to be, actually. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So, like we were just speaking on, you committed to Illinois State. What was it in your heart of hearts at the end of the day that said, you know, this is where I belong. This is where I want to go. Like, what was it that made you make that decision to go with them?
1: Yeah, it was after the virtual visit of the campus. And not only was uh, the campus showed to me, but I had a face. I could actually see the coach. This was the first time I'd ever seen him and uh, talked to them in person, basically, because that was all we were getting with the. You remember when this was? It was during the first session of quarantine. Um, it was last year, during last year's uh, – during uh, the schooling last year. So probably like February or March or something. Yeah, they, they called me up and, um, and they talked to me. So that was, that was pretty cool. And then after that visit, they showed me the campus. I met the head coach, talked to the uh, running backs coach and the recruiting area coach, and it was a pretty good visit.
0: Nice. So have you decided what you're going to major in? Yes, I want to go into business
1: management, and I'm thinking towards the State Farm side of things because they have the State Farm Hall of Business, which is the headquarters for State Farm, there at uh, pretty close to the college.
0: Nice. So, what let's let's look forward to to next season. I don't know. No one wants to wish their life away, but what are you looking forward to most about playing football at the next level? Probably
1: just the opportunities and the benefits I can get from the football program yes, I'm going to get stronger, but also, um, the coach is going to be molding me into a young man and a student and athlete. So just the opportunity and
0: chances that could lie for me in the next few years. Not only that you gain a lot of networking things with, especially if you're going to go into the the state farm stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of networking that you'll gain from alumni and and, and stuff. Yes. it's, it's, It's tons of connections. Yeah. So, Let's look forward. What What are your goals going forward in football? Like, or, is this, all right, I'm just planning on going to college, play my four years, and then be out of football maybe? Or is it, I want to try to play at the next level after that?
1: Well, I was actually asked this question by my uh, older brother, I think, two years ago, if I wanted to play college ball or not. And, and I, said, I said no at the time because that was after my sophomore year. I didn't think anything was going to come out of it. But obviously – I had to let the other uh, years play out and look at me now. Yeah. I might be. I'm going to be playing college ball. So I think that's another thing. I have to take one step at a time. I I would think that I would try my hardest to um, take it to the next level, but
0: you never know what happens. Absolutely. I mean, there's been plenty of small small college guys that have made it. I mean, you have your guys like Antonio Brown, and that just really made it. No one even heard of this guy going yeah. into college, and. You know, at the time, he was the best receiver in the league for a while. So anything could happen. And you've come a long way already, man. I mean, you you go from playing soccer on concrete and kicking brick walls to running for over 350 yards against a team in, in high school, man. Like, if anybody can do it, it's someone like yourself that's as determined and, and focused in it as you are. Thank you. So – we got one last segment for you, man, that I'll let you go on, because I know you're in high school. You're probably getting into stuff all the time. So uh, are you familiar with rapid-fire questions? Or, uh, you know, uh, I, ask, I ask you questions, you, you kind of say the first thing comes off your mind? Okay, yeah. All right, so up next is our Mike and Cheese rapid-fire question segment. So Mike and Cheese, it's the best macaroni and cheese in town. Hit them up. Free delivery to Louisville and all Southern Indiana. It's a $15 minimum. Their trays start at $10. You can give them a call at 502-548-6845. Make sure you tell them you want to try the Beef's Beef Pizza Mac. Again, it's 502-548-6845. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Favorite pregame meal?
1: Meal. Ooh, I would probably have to go uh, maybe – pregame snack i'm a light eater before the game so i gotta go with beef jerky on this one.
0: Oh, beef jerky okay that's yep, a, i mean i can feel it because your stomach kind of get turned sideways oh, yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, it's getting, a
1: mess it's a mess before the games
0: yeah and you're getting hit too so yeah yep. all right pizza or tacos uh i'm gonna go with pizza on this one i'm with you too wings or burgers
1: burgers i think i'm, I'm
0: gonna go with burgers I mean, I, I like both of them, so it's not going to hurt yes. my feelings either way. So, all right, this is a big one for me, though, so don't, don't kill me on this one. French fries or tater tots? Oh, tater tots, easily. Easily. Oh, my goodness. I'm so, I'm so disappointed right now in you. Like every, you. you've You've done so well up until this point. So, all right, we'll move to the next one, even though I'm highly disappointed now. All right, favorite movie.
1: Um, I think I'm gonna go with Black Panther. That movie just had a whole different vibe to it, and it was
0: just well written.
1: I love that movie.
0: And now it hits different now that he, that. He's oh my gosh! To. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yep, it hits completely different. Yeah. Favorite flavor of ice cream? Um, mint chocolate chip. Solid. What's your biggest fear?
1: Mm, probably death. <laughs> if I, if I had to say something, okay. it's it's so uncertain. So you know, it's it's just a. Uh, something you don't want to play with you just got to take it right all
0: right best player you've ever
1: played against um probably running uh, the running back for columbus east style. Uh, his name was mark um oh i forgot his mcdonald mark mcdonald he's, he's a stud that guy's as big wide as he is tall and he just runs <laughs> with so much energy and strength
0: he's, he's, he's a dude all right favorite restaurant in the louisville area or, or this area what's your favorite restaurant
1: I'm gonna go with Dragon King's daughter in this one. That's in New Albany. That's a sushi. I, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of sushi. I thought, but man, I tried it. You just gotta get the right stuff, and
0: I'm hooked. <laughs> so you go. to – I mean, I'm. I guess not now, but I mean, that's a that's a place you would frequent. It is. It is now. I just got into it
1: less than a year ago. Um, probably going on four months now, and I've had it five or six times since. <laughs>
0: it, it's amazing. All right. Last question here: Your favorite football player and your favorite athlete ever. So
1: I think I think this guy falls into both categories, and it's Taysom Hill for the New Orleans Saints.
0: I'm not. Are you Are you familiar with him? Oh yeah the the backup or backup or third string quarterback for the New Orleans Saints.
1: This guy will get everything done. You ask him to play lineman, he 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 would do that too, and he he. He'd rock it. This guy, he um, runs the ball. He uh, returns the ball. He plays some linebacker, punt return, quarterback, if need be. I just think I, he's he's a little slept slept on. But every time I watch him, it seems like he can do no wrong.
0: Well, New Orleans definitely ain't sleeping on him because they kept him instead of keeping Teddy. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I
1: did I did see that and I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, they
0: they threw all their threw all their eggs in the Taysom Hill basket. So, I, you're that's that's crazy. I've never heard anybody say that that's their favorite player or favorite athlete. But I know. It's, that's awesome, man.
1: Yeah, most people are not familiar with them at all.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I play a lot of fantasy football too, so you kind of got to know who all those players are. Yeah. <laughs> so Winkers, I appreciate so much you taking your time out. Uh, like I said, I know you getting you finishing up Nti and and doing all this stuff, man. And you're working, getting ready for college. I appreciate so much you taking some time out and doing an interview with me, man. Nah, I'm glad you reached out to me. This was a lot of fun. For sure, and and. Uh, Throw your social medias out there so people can give you a follow so they can keep up with you on the next level and and uh, and give you a follow. Sure. You can uh, follow me on Instagram at
1: right 21 And then on Twitter, you can uh, reach me at right at rightwinkers.
0: There you go. Awesome. Well, man, I appreciate it again. You have a great night, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon, man. All right. Sounds good. You have a good one, too. All right. See you.